Welcome everyone to the Dippy Dippers podcast. I'm here with Jordan. Hey, what's up? And my name is obviously David or Hegel. Follow me at Instagram at Dr. Hegler or Snapchat. It's just all the same. What about your uh, Instagram? It's, I think it's just Jordan Stamey. I think like Jordan Stamey. It's not one. Captain Stamey. No, that's my Twitter. You can follow me there too. Uh, well, was, didn't you have an Instagram that was Captain Stamey? Uh, it's my photography page. Captain Stamey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what was that one that you had when you were like <laughs> really young? I don't know. I don't know the password to it. What like sometimes <laughs> I see it on Instagram and I I cringe. <laughs> I see it. I can't. I can't log into it. I took a I screenshot of I don't it. Know and the email or the password. So I, I see. It's always funny because it says like recommended recommend uh, people to follow. I see. I'm like, bro, it's the cringiest photo possible too. Like with a tank top. I'm like, bro. I took a screenshot of it and yeah. I was like, oh, I gotta show Jordan this. I don't. I see it all the time. <laughs> it's awful. Because I was trying to like filter through my followers and i was like oh i didn't see this guy <laughs> he looks familiar. yeah he looks familiar <laughs> he looks cringe <laughs> so uh all right let's see talk about alien today yeah we're just gonna have a discussion about yeah one of my favorite horror films of all times and i think it's such an influential part of cinema that's still studied today i mean People analyze this film to this day, and it's just, you know, it's an icon, the movie making, in my opinion. Yeah, it is, really is. And the art, the ideas behind it and everything, it's just, was really, like, ahead of its time, I think. Yeah, I mean, this was a movie for a long time. Like, I've seen this movie countless times, and I never really took into consideration the underlying tones of the film, or of the film itself. Um, And it was more, like, I think a few years ago, I started to kind of, like, look into more the underlying themes of this movie and like the more i kind of understood what it was trying to kind of represent was i fell in love with it more and more every time i watch it, i just look for more and more details yeah yeah that's cool and man. i know this was like the first time you really watched it right yeah this is the first time i think I, well i watched it once and kind of like skimmed through a few commentaries and essays about the film so i guess you can say i watched it like three times technically ish well, I kind of count those commentary videos. They were like 18, maybe 30 minutes long. I'm like, yeah, that's did you like think the movie. The film? I thought it was really good. Like, especially for. It holds up to this day. Yeah, it does. Because since like 1979, right? That's when it came out. Yeah, 1979. I, I just. I was. I was like in awe of kind of. Like, it's special effects. Like, it's filming is still something to this day. I. I don't really understand how they filmed it. It's still, like, I think it's better than most, like, CGI to this day. Like, it uses a lot of practical effects. Uh, they make a lot of the sets in this film. It just looks beautiful. Yeah. Well, sorry about the dog in the background. I recently got a puppy, and he just won't stop barking. So I moved into my room, and you can still hear him. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I guess a word from our sponsor. Um, it's no one. And anyone out there that wants to sponsor us, please, your moms, your dads, your dogs, Girl your Girl Scouts, <laughs> just anyone really, like a dollar would work. So I'll, I'll set up something to maybe put a pot in. <laughs> just, the or, church. <laughs> <laughs> just a beggar on the street, just steal his money, please. Just give it to us instead. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, Jordan, before we go to the video, we were talking about this thing called the subway dilemma. 
<laughs> yeah. No, we're not talking about that. I want to talk about that. But if you don't want to talk about that, that's fine. Go for it. You want to talk about that? I mean, if you want to talk about it, go for it. All right. So there's this subway dilemma that we had. And basically, there's a burger. And... <laughs> I don't and, know what this is. Okay, so the question is, you have a burger and you stretched it out, like, from east to west. How long or wide would it be until it's considered a sandwich? I think would, it's still a sandwich. <laughs> so, so is it, like, the subcategory of a burger or something? I don't know. You don't know? I haven't thought too deep on it. The subcategories of burgers and sandwiches. <laughs> Are you sure it's not like a different race? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, come on, Jordan. Oh, you're killing me. All right. Anyways, um, Jordan, you want to go through the a little summary of what yeah, Alien's about? I mean, I, I'm not gonna break it down all the way through, but I mean, this this film. I mean, it's it's. Even though I I consider it a cinema masterpiece, it is a monster film uh, through and through. I mean, you can watch this movie, and I kind of said previously, you know, I kind of watched it just as a monster film for years. And during the nineteen seventies, I mean, it was filled with monster flicks. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't really anything new to the general audience. But I think it did something differently. That that's what it's been so captivating for all these years. Um. But it starts off with, like, you know, these... What I really like about this film is, like, its crew members aren't these, like, space marines or not these badass soldiers, you know? They're just blue-collared workers. Like, they just... Uh, they've been in hypersleep for a few months, I believe, and they're heading back to Earth. They just... They're, they're part of this mining co- corporation. They're on their way back to Earth, and uh, from my knowledge, they get a distress signal, they go to a planet, they find yeah. a spaceship filled with eggs... Someone gets infected later down the road. Um, the chestburster scene. Um, the alien comes on board, and you know the crew is just trying to survive, and that's kind of the plot of the movie. It really is a monster slasher film. If you want to like dumb like, it down, dumb it down, yeah. as, like, simplify the story. That's what it really is. But yeah, um, I is more I'm gonna dive into it. I mean, it's it's really the movie's just a perversion of sexuality through and through. I mean, um. It, it was it was major in the second wave feminism in the uh, late 1970s. Um, and you can just see all the way from the set design, especially the monster alien design. Dave will tell you a lot about it. Like, yeah, the, the monster artist. design. Let's talk about, well, you kind of went through the summary, right? Like, it's all yeah. good. So. Um, the xenomorph, right? Mm-hmm. So the way, I, the way I think I saw it, I read it once. It's probably like Wikipedia or something. Like Anyone could just look this up, to be honest. You should look it up. I think the original artist, of, and this was before the, the alien originally came out. There was a, there's an artist who made art featuring the xenomorph, and that's what caused inspiration for the actual alien. And it's, it's beautiful, it's disturbing, it's twisted, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so basically the sort of design of the xenomorph was i mean it came from this guy's brain like this this guy named hr geiger hans mm-hmm. hans Ru- i'm gonna butcher this hans Ru- ruedi geiger i believe so i don't know how to pronounce that but uh we're just gonna say hr geiger uh the design of the xenomorph he was the one who made up the costume designs made up the setting um 
the environment, the feeling of like dark and dr- the dreadfulness sort of feeling, with, yeah. uh, as well as like in, in implementing like industrial type. Yeah, you 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 see a lot of his artwork. You see very like industrial with like lots of grays and darks, twisted wires through his art, and also some hints of sexuality. Uh, there's a lot of like sexual tones in his art. Uh, I haven't looked too much into it. There's there's some that you can kind of yeah in his art that yeah something. So basically, his, his there's a, they even created a word for how unique it is because he he combines like sexuality into like industrial type or like i wouldn't say mystical it's more like mechanical why, why do you think he did that why do you think he made making this creature um filled with kind of like industrial as you're saying that's wires it's dark colors it's... I, th- I think that he was trying to combine life with like machine yeah are you thinking that's like in his mind that's eventually where humans were heading towards is just kind of the combination of machine uh and sexuality? M- maybe maybe it was a good idea to like go towards it in alien okay, like that would make sense like in the future you know we combine those things but the way hr Geiger were like his art goes is more like biomechanical i guess yeah yeah it's it's like a really unique combination and they call it the, the word they even created a word for like that type of um it's called geiger-esque like when you th- when you see something that's kind of like black and white and it looks sort of I don't know how, like a like a, like an airbrush type, mm-hmm. uh, with like mechanical looking things and maybe sexual innu- innuendos or something else. But yeah. um, they created a word for it, so it must be something unique about what what he's done. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of want to go back to like the alien design. This is a design that's been recreated in so many monster slasher films to this day that have taken so much inspiration from the alien design. And the the idea, I think, of the alien design was was founded on the principles of sexual horror. I mean, I will get right down to it. I I believe there's original behind the scene photos of the alien's tail in between its legs. Um, there, it's, its mouth, its second jaw is a uh, erect second jaw, just penetrating its victims it's like uh, not even a tongue it's just like straight it looks like a spine yeah yeah like it just looks like a like a circular spine coming out of him but mm-hmm. it has like another jaw and so it, like you can compare it to like in something erect yeah exactly and like, like as you were saying like there's a scene in the movie actually at the very end where uh ripley's hiding she thinks she's survived the encounter and this thing is mm. perfectly camouflaged within the machine wire wiring of the ship hiding and just it's so perfectly in tune with its surroundings i guess this is the brainchild of also ridley scott and i think it's like dan o'bannon i think that's his name ridley uh, scott and dan o'bannon kind of met up with hr geiger and they're just like oh, we love your art we're thinking about making a movie. I don't know that conversation. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of role playing, but it's just like, hey, let's make a movie together, or let's do something together because we really love how what you do. Yeah, I, I've never heard of H. R. Geiger till Alien, so I, I wonder how popular he was in the 1970s for Ridley Scott to be like, hey, I really like this guy's work. I want to make a monster film based off his design and artwork. Um, I wonder how that kind of came in came into an idea. I it's great i mean it definitely worked out for him yeah <clears throat> and like 
with the rest of the movie, I get back on this idea of the underlying theme of the movie is uh, per- the perversion of sexuality. I mean, the first encounter they have with this alien species is the facehugger, and it goes through the action of infecting its victims through... Is that, is that what it's called? I thought it was, that was the impregnators. <laughs> the impregnator, that's yeah. your term for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it... Um, this thing orally rapes its victims and impregnates its victims. And it was the idea that this thing does not discriminate. Uh, it's, it impregnates males. Yeah, like its, its and, first victim was a male. Like, And the idea of it to be impregnated by a, a male figure was a... It's supposed to be a male's worst nightmare to be raped, impregnated, and experiencing what... Uh, women have to go through I mean, all within a few hours in the movie yeah, too yeah yeah and that's it's really something to and like the design of itself when it, and when it attaches itself to its victims i mean it's disturbing i mean it it, it grabs onto the face and it has almost this umbilical cord looking kind of tail and it's 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 almost suffocating its victim it's choking its victim it's it's not pleasant uh, and this kind of goes back to the idea when we think of the creation of life, we think of it as something beautiful, you know, it's something to talk about, it's something to really aspire to to do one of these days. And in this movie, it says the the creation of life turns into a creation of violence. It's not pleasant. It's when the when the alien is first born, it's a very unpleasant scene. You, it's as I said, it's a, it's anyone's worst fantasy. It's it's a the scene is just ripping through the chest, and it, to this day, it's replicated in so many films of an alien coming out of your chest. And there's so many parodies of it. There's so many comics on it, like copying over that idea because it is so terrifying. I would imagine watching that in theaters because this was the first movie to really do that. I, to this day, I watch that scene. I'm like, I, I hold my chest. I'm like, fuck, that's that's rough. Yeah. And, How about that one scene where? Um... I forgot who who the other woman was on the on the crew. Yeah. Uh, where she, she like the scene doesn't show you like what happens to her, but you can tell like what happened. Yeah. His yeah. tail comes between her legs, and just like she screams, and you don't know what what happened. Well, you kind of guess. It's heavy implied, like you know, where she gets she gets stabbed. It, that's how it all goes through. Is just like the alien is supposed to rep is, represent this this figure of rape. Uh, this uh, this thing that has no conscience, it has no morality. It's it is just a machine fulfilling its pleasures or fulfilling its its nature. Yeah. What wasn't the the tail of the the alien was supposed to be something else, right? Um, not that I know of. I know it got redesigned in the future, but as I said previously, there are behind the set photos of originally the tail was in between its legs. Uh, but that I. That probably got changed for obvious reasons. It's probably too much on the nose. And you can just look at the alien design, and it's very reminiscent of, like, a gimp outfit. That's I remember people seeing people make references to that, that it looks like, if you really dumb it down, it looks like... Like a spandex suit. Spandex gimp-like yeah. Yeah. suit. Mm-hmm. And it's really, like, kinky, I guess? No? <laughs> kinky, <laughs> yeah. I guess if you like getting killed by an alien. <laughs> Some people like that, and I I want to go through like like Ripley in this film. And in the end of the the entire franchise is built around her, and this movie pretty much follows her. And like 
She is the most experienced person on this ship, the most recent, and she has no command role. When she's giving a command role, when they when the captain goes off the ship, Dallas, he's and she's given the second command role. They constantly they don't even listen to her orders, and that kind of shows how in this time and era, female leadership wasn't taken seriously. Well, even even um. Is it, is it Ripley? Is that her name? Yeah, Ripley, the main character. Yeah, she she like embodied this this um this idea of like an independent woman, like a fully independent woman that mm-hmm. wasn't going for any kind of relationship with like either woman or man. And yeah, it's like there, there are no like romantic she, tropes she, in this movie. There and she are... was like the strongest personality on the ship. Mm-hmm. Next to she was like. You know, the captain ship Dallas, you could tell, he, even though he's a captain, he doesn't really care. He doesn't, yeah. he just wants to get home. He, this is just a job to him. You can tell by Ripley, she's to the books. This ha- this is how it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And still, no one takes her command seriously. There are, there are these two mechanics, um, Parker and, I forget his name. He's they, Brooks? Oh, Who's Brooks? I don't think it's, it might be Brooks. It's Brooks, I think. Where they just they they parade her and they they make sexual comments towards her and the other female crew, and it's kind of like locker room talk to them and like mm. the sec this this idea of not taking women seriously during this. As I said previously, this was even maybe, maybe even just, an independent woman yeah. that like clearly shows that she can have abilities to to lead, mm-hmm. and like um, they won't listen to her to even when like half the crew's dead. Like then they finally kind of listen to her, like, and we'll talk about this in the next film. But like Ripley really shines in the next film, like, yeah. As a, she's probably up there with like the Kill Bill character mm-hmm. as the most like one of the most like independent, strong, like leading female characters in movie role. She's right. looked up to an icon to this day. Yeah, Ridley Scott did a great job just continuing the the realism of of that character, just like continuing to a sequel, mm-hmm. like. I haven't finished Aliens, but so far it seems pretty realistic about what sh- what happened to her after the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. So in the seventies, there was kind of like, would you call it a sexual revolution type? Um, what do you mean by that, like sexual revolution? Uh, just like the this idea of sex that emerged more. Uh, I'm not sure how to put it. Just more more put out there, I guess. That people were just having... Like Woodstock, for example. Like people were just having sex, which is for everything. I mean, I, I don't I don't know too much about the 70s to really dive deep into. And, and like, uh, you know, the homosexuals and the transgenders came out more often. And they're like more accepting of different maybe uh, sexualities. I think maybe a late '90s thing, but I mean the point all through and through is that alien is a is a feminist allegory on the the oppressions of the patriarchal society during the 1970s. That's that's the underlying theme of it through and through. Um, And you can really shine. That's that's something I learned about when I when I rewatched the films in the last maybe two years. Is you. Once you learn these sexual undertones of the film, you really kind of like it makes you kind of think. It makes you like, oh shit! Like there's more to this than I really thought. And that's what makes this movie a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, that the, the 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 alien is essentially born of an um, an unwanted rape. This the sex the sexuality that I was talking about. I think it was more like 
at least the ones in the film, which just comes from this uh, scare, this rape scare. Yeah. That was happening around that time. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't live in the 1970s, so. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah. It's like, but people were like just scared of this sort of ideal monster of like what a rapist is and like what the results are of that and again like ash the android says it perfectly when he's describing this creature he sees it as a pure not maybe not a pure but the perfect organism above humans it is a being without conscience it's a being without morality yeah it's is a natural predator it doesn't it will attack you no matter based on what sex you are and like even the the impregnator i mean <laughs> the face hugger whenever the face hugger uh is it's like on your face it's its tail it's, represents like an umbilical cord but instead of like giving you life it kind of like suffocates you just it, enough to give you yeah. the life that it wants you to have yeah i mean like the the visual image of the face hugger scene is visual rape the strangulation of the victim and impregnating its victim through oral oral rape it's it's a haunting scene and uh, it's something i definitely don't want to be replicated now i want to talk about one scene i think is so stupid I, every time i watch it i think it's dumb but after the facehugger dies and the guy is impregnated by the alien you would think they would quarantine him but they're just like let's go have omelets yeah. <laughs> the next it's like 10 20 minutes later it's like not even like, like was minutes. it was it a parasite just on your an alien parasite you've never you guys have never encountered <laughs> an alien species attached to your face you guys are gonna go eat omelets <laughs> like, like maybe you guys should quarantine them for a few hours they just go up to him he's like hey let me ask you three questions are you feeling okay today hey, i'm hungry here. <laughs> it's like what's your name what's your age and are you feeling good all right let's go eat something <laughs> All right. <laughs> I every time I watch this movie, I think of that scene. I was like, "Did you guys just forget there's an alien parasite attached to his face? Like, could he? Could it be possible that he can infect the entire crew? You guys don't know what this thing yeah does. You don't know at all. He just, just he, get, he just bled acid, and you just like let's go eat yeah, spaghetti. The thing literally <laughs> spits acid if you try to kill it. And they're just like, "Where's my mini wheats?" And that's all I care about. And then, like, even Kane just, like, stuffs his plate full. And he just starts having, like, a seizure. And then the famous scene of when the alien first comes. Yeah. This white fetus-looking Yeah, it's terrifying. It has, like, a grill for teeth, too. (laughs) Yeah, every time I think of the alien, I think of a grill. I'm like, dripping, dude. (laughs) This is gangster, bro. (laughs) He's born to be a G. (laughs) And, like... I like how you bring up the idea of like it's a it's a fetus and it's a disgusting monstrous fetus. So like when it's born, no one looks at it with awe or, or like you know like this is this is beautiful life and creation because it, it's creation like life. it's this this life that just takes from they're all they're life. just haunted. They're just like yeah. there's, they're literally stunned and they can't move. And I think one of the best scenes in the movie is like they're trying to capture it and they're kind of going around the ship looking for it. Um, and the alien's first attack, this thing grows so fast. It's hiding. And the you, it's, again, this camouflage. It's camouflage perfectly into this industrial corporate ship. Um, it's hanging from these chains. And you can barely recognize it, but it finally comes down. And you're like, this thing's fucking huge. And it's terrifying. And, and that's actually the whole design of Alien, like, like H.R. Geiger. Mm-hmm. The whole design came from, like, two paintings he had. I can't remember the name. It was, like... It's like Zeno, I don't know, something four and five. Yeah. Like, it, it, he na- numbered it. It was like four and five. But 
that scene that you're talking about where he like it camouflages into the the industrial looking ship mm-hmm. is actually like a callback to that painting that inspired the alien in the first place. That's cool. Yeah. And, and I recommend anyone listening to this, like, you know, look up H.R. Geiger's art and you will definitely see what we're talking about. And, uh, if you love the movie, like, kind of put the piece, like, bring up the art piece on a computer screen and look and watch the movie. You'll see the similarities, like, there and there. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. And and the alien in and of itself is it's so unique. That's why Ash um, really admired the alien because it camouflaged into its, its environment within hours mm-hmm. within hours of its birth it's camouflage because it, it was white at first and then it changes it, i mean it has a dark. natural instinct to adapt to yeah natural instinct like to be camouflaged into where it is it, yeah. that is like insane that's insane because you can be anywhere you can be in the jungle it'll camouflage green yeah. or you can be next to a beach and it'll camouflage white as the sand or blue as the ocean and it was just be part of the environment around it it's and that's scary yeah <laughs> it's scary I, I know we're kind of going back to the ship here and through like do you think uh, a lot of people kind of refer to this movie also as the 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 corporate machine of overgrown capitalism during this time i mean we see we see ash protecting this creature not because it's a new intelligent alien life but just so they can bring it back to Earth and sell it for a major profit for the corporation. And we we learn through the film that the, co- the corporation that they're working for doesn't necessarily care about the crew. They care more about saving this thing, breaking it, bringing it back, not for studies or kind of scientific reasons, but to sell it on the highest market for, for profit. Yeah, I mean, you can see it as like selling on the highest market. I think as well, they, they, they had two questions. They're like, it can either be a benefit to society or it can be something that is better than humans, and so they're like, maybe it can help us. In, anyway, they they think it's, it's it could be a benefit. I mean, like for something it, to research. If they're able to bring the first idea of intelligent life, you'd be a multi billionaire in seconds. That's in their 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 mining corporation. They like you won't, wouldn't even need to sell like minerals anymore if you brought some alien creature back. You'd be you'd be set. You'd be like you'd brought the first creation of alien life to your planet and that's all they care about is making a quick but they don't care if the rest of the crew dies and that's what ash is about is trying to protect this thing for the corporation's interest for their agenda yeah it could be their for agenda or you know they could also be researching it uh they just they just think that it's something to withhold uh but in reality it's it's you you're putting that thing whatever that is the unknown into higher than than the value of a human and so that's why the whole crew dies because somebody is so determined in that view that everyone just dies because of it and the the company in and of itself very cookie cutter and they don't really care about their employees like the ship in of itself is like it has four, I mean there's four million the that four million like mineral ore like it's, yeah. that's a Four million tons. That's a lot of cargo for a seven crew member like ship. That's like they they either don't care about their employees because they're just giving seven employees a million tons of whatever, and, and they're mean, just like, oh yeah. The beginning that this corporation doesn't necessarily pay them very well. Uh, the the two mechanics are 
they're constantly talking about getting getting paid a little extra more that they deserve a higher wage based on what they're doing and then they don't want to go into the mechanics yeah, they, right off the bat like that's the first thing they, they go, say they say like i don't want to go on a signal mission unless we're getting a higher wage because yeah. why yeah yeah like i forgot his name i think it's brooks i'm not sure <laughs> it's one of the mechanics he's one of the first things he says is like where's where's the bonus like yeah like he's, he's always asking about the bonus he's always asking about like something more because you also have to think that these people aren't explorers they're not like yeah that's they're not like bad they're asses just, they're just blue collared workers they're just blue collared like, workers yeah and you just like you know yeah. like what if our job was just like hey there's aliens go capture you'd be like hold on <laughs> i'm getting paid 15 an hour yeah give me like an extra two bucks and maybe i'll do it yeah yeah <laughs> so it's like you gotta you gotta think that these people aren't necessarily like explorers or scientists or anything past yeah like why like, should they put their lives in danger if like you know, and that's kind of the idea. Is like why, why put your idea, why put your lives in danger or into the unknown for, for money or profit or just a corporation in general. So I, I guess some of the characters that we kind of skim past. There's just seven crew members. Yeah, there's seven. So crew we members. talked about it, the main character Ripley. Ripley, the independent, strong woman. There's Ash, type. and he's the android of the film who you find kind of he's. You find that out later. He, though, yeah, he has a hidden agenda throughout the film that he's just trying to capture the alien base on the the corporations. Uh, and he makes needs. all these these like quick decisions that are like always like, going against the crew. All, all yeah, the time. yeah, yeah. Like he's when, always going against Ripley. Him and Ripley have this kind of like butting headset. She knows something's off them. She she makes it very clear from the beginning. She doesn't trust him because she knows something. He's hiding something. Back. Yeah, because she's always looking out for the crew and. He's always looking out for the mission. Well, yeah, for the mission. Yeah, and so there's there's so many differences that go on there. But who's next? We then you have Kane. Kane's the one who gets infected. Then you have Brent and Parker. Those are the two mechanics we're just talking about. Oh, Brent and Parker. I said Brooks. <laughs> Brett. It's, okay, it's <laughs> Brett. Um, and then you have Lambert. She she's the other female lead on the. And speaking of Lambert, Lambert does get a lot of screen type in this movie, but. One of the first things you see is they're they're having breakfast early, and they're she. One of the first things that happens is she's already getting like, what's the word? She's being like sexually mocked at the. She's kind of like being sexually. I don't want to say that word. I mean, like I think Parker makes the they're eating. He's like, I can't wait to eat something else when I get back home. And like he looks at her, and it goes back to like that locker room talk in a way. Yeah, I like. There's almost sexual harassment in the workplace. Kind of, yeah, k- sort of. And she's she seems kind of uh, f- fluid towards it, kind of like humble towards it a little bit. I don't think she's humble towards it. She obviously shows a face of disgust and humility towards it. Yeah, she, she probably feels like, if I say something, I'm stuck with these guys for like a long time. Yeah, I don't want to like, get on their bad side. Is, she's, just, she's just kind of, it's not her fault. Like, this happens in a lot of workplaces today. She's just used to the sexual uh, harassment day and day. And this is the thing you can just bring back to modern day society. It's like people make sexual harassment jokes to females all the time. And it just, you know, some some girls are just used to it because they, they feel like they just can't say anything. Or they just don't want to, like, ruin the moment. Or Yeah. And her job is, I think it's a co-pilot. Yeah, I think she's a co-pilot. And I'll go back to that. And then Dallas is Dallas the captain. Dallas is the captain of the ship who is the main pilot of the ship. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, Dallas, he sort of, 
he's just there for the money. Like, yeah, it's, he's it's, just going with the flow right now. He's he's the highest rank on the ship, but you can tell like he's kind of like slugging along. He's like, oh, okay, let's he doesn't have a passion for it. Yeah. yeah. Because Ripley, I don't know how, but she has a passion for like anything she I does. I think she's just done. Like, yeah, she any, just wants to get the job done. Anything she does, she has a, book, a lot of passion. Yeah. And Dallas is, because there's a conversation uh, that Dallas and Ripley have, and, and Dallas is just like, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say the whole conversation, but he's basically like, yeah. I don't really like this job. He's like, I'm just doing this for the money and so I can get back home. Yeah. And so yeah. he kind of says that. He's like, I really don't care what we do as long as. Uh, everyone's okay, or whatever. Yeah, He's as like, long as we just get so, home. So he gives he gives all the decisions to Ash, who we know later as an android. But they didn't know that. Well, until... I think he gives all the decisions about the alien itself. Ripley's like, "Why are you letting him do this with the creature?" Or like the you know Kane's infected. He's like, you know, Ash is our medical profession. Anything science, medical related, that's his decision because I basically don't know anything in that field. Uh-huh. And uh, the company, which is, I guess, the last character next to the alien. Which is Mother. She's, I believe she's an AI in the film. She, like, Dallas goes to her for kind of like, what should we do next in this situation? And Mother mm-hmm. gives a advice or something to follow for a certain situation. Like, mm-hmm. I think when they first find intelligent, like, the alien creature, he asks Mother what to do. And she doesn't have a protocol, really, for what to do at first. Because there's, they, they don't have anything. They thought they've never encountered something like this. Yeah. And the company that they work for is never explicit, explicitly like named. You you don't really know. You probably get hints of it. You see a tea bag in one scene that's like in the beginning, next to one of the screens for the mm-hmm. for the I think it's a cockpit. Um, I think it's called what is it called? It's like Raj Raj I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> You want to know a fun fact about this this movie? This movie? Yeah, go ahead. Do you know Alien and Blade Runner take place in the same universe? What? Yeah. So is Blade Runner the same time period? I don't know if it's the same time period, but I know they're in the same universe. How How do you know that? Um, I saw something a while back that the Alien's super huge on the Whaling Corporation, and I believe in the the Blade Runner movies, you see the Whaling corporation logo through the films some i think some some scenes you see the whaling logo do you think blade runner takes place before alien i think it does yeah i think it takes place before i think whaling t- alien takes place way more in the future but uh they're both within the same crowns of their universe mm. but i thought that was a pretty cool like, oh the, some of my favorite films all share and connected it's pretty cool i didn't know that that's yeah. pretty cool I, there's something we kind of miss is like um I like to talk about the ships. I mean, we have the human ship, which is the ideal corporate machine. It's it's big. It's ugly. It's dark. It's it's just filled with like corners and bolts and wiring. It's not pretty to look at. Yeah. And we look at when they land on this this it- world, they run into the alien ship, and it's it's almost representative of a female spreading her legs open, and they they enter through this vaginal vaginal sector of the ship. Yeah, and exactly. when they're in the ship, it looks very organic. It looks like it could be alive, but it's not. It's all dead. And the more they reach into the ship, they find the eggs. Yeah, and the the pilot that they find, he's yeah, they find he, he's dead he's pilot. like his body's infused into the ship. Yeah, infused completely Geiger esque. Like his body's confused with the or infused with the machine. Yeah, and like the whole ship is just designed by him. You can tell. And the the eggs themselves are just like they find them, 
Um, they're very curious at first. Yeah. Um, and I they, mean, who wouldn't be? You see fucking eggs on it. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. And they 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 walk up to him and they start flashing, seeing flashlights. They see movement. And they're like, we found life. Yeah. Your first idea of finding life in your universe, and it's it's brutal. It's not. Yeah, it's not pretty at all. And I, what I like about this movie is when they when they reach the ship, they find this alien jockey, this dead alien jockey. It's like it brings up questions and speculation, like why is this here? What is what is the story behind this? Of course, you can watch the prequel movies, but watching this in the nineteen seventies, you have it. It puts an idea in your head, like something happened here that wasn't pretty. You can tell by the jockey's chest wound that it gives. It gives ideas for the future of this film, um, but the whole point is that that doesn't really matter. This 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 sh- ship and this alien creature that died how many years ago. The point is, is they they find this creature and it attacks the crew, and at that point, it's just trying to survive against this mm-hmm. this rapist in a sense. Yeah, and the whole movie has a certain theme of this mystery. Mm-hmm. Like in a, in of itself, even in that first scene, the first title without. Like no dialogue, it's just everything is just visual. Yeah, it, it, like there's I, a title. Moto, uh, motto for this film was "No one can hear you scream in space." Yeah, yeah, and that idea, the space, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, uh, I think one time I was thinking that when when it talks about the the unimportant detail, the mineral ores that. Yeah, it's like four billion or something. You can't even see it because it's just such a small ship, or it looks small, but the cargo has. There's a lot of cargo on it, and so it, it kind of touches at this idea that there's this black unknown yeah. that's out there, and you don't know what it is, and it's more than what the light shine shines on. Because it, whenever it starts going into the ship, uh, everything is just black, mechanical. You can tell it's kind of like a. I think it's like a ringer ship or what is it called like a one of those like oil ships or are you talking about like the ship cargo or, ship type? cargo ship yeah i guess yeah um and it just and then you can see one room that's really brightly lit and so that's kind of how the whole movie is like there's always that one room that's lightly lightly yeah. brit or <laughs> <laughs> well, i think brit the British. <laughs> 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 start speaking British on the mic. Oi! Lightly. I. Ah, fuck! <laughs> Anyways, there's a room that's. Yeah. Bright. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, it's that's bright. So hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's bright, alright? And, and most of the ship is just dark. And yeah. it, you can't really tell what's there. That's kind of how the whole movie, whole movie is. Like, you see these little moments of... Like, yeah, the ship is designed itself to get the job done. It's yeah. not pretty. It's not... It doesn't have these beautiful textures throughout the ship. It, it really is. It's, it's filled with wires and metal. It's just and, a theme for the whole movie, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even with all this blackness, there's some light somewhere. Yeah. That's like, why you can go in with the intro of the film. The intro of the film, when it, it's it's almost single image, is that of space. And when I think we we talked about this last time, but when we think of space, we think of mystery, we think of wonder, we think of you know what is beyond the horizon of space, our next evolutionary step into creation. Uh, but this movie doesn't give you that impression. It's very eerie opening. It has spaces dark, green, um, unknown, and it's just something not. You don't really depict space. It's 
you know, it's dangerous. It's you don't know what to expect, what you're going to run into. It's yeah. it's not as pretty as you think it, it can be. Yeah. And that's that's part of the unknown. It's it's beautiful, but at the same time, it's it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And you never know what it is. And I think it's in the case for aliens, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you think? <laughs> <clears throat> but these these sexual innuendos in the whole movie really come to play when the alien starts killing, yeah, killing each one of them, and in, in very specific ways, like. The way he kills him sometimes is like he kind of hesitates sometimes. Well, he's almost playing he, with his yeah, food. Yeah, he's like playing with his food. Yeah, yeah. You and can tell. Yeah. Um, most rapers do. A lot of rapists don't attack their victims outright. They'll usually play with them. It's a, it's a sexual fantasy they have to almost kind of play with their food. And the alien itself is like that. It doesn't outright attack right away. It intimidates. And then it, then it goes in for the, for the kill in a sense. And it doesn't kill them fast. It's a very painful... Uh, moment for these characters to go through these agony, agonizing, erect uh, penetration deaths. And, like, the the alien isn't the only bad character on the evil villain of the movie. You, you run into Ash, who, who who attacks Ripley, and he literally, <laughs> which is funny, I mean, he, like, he literally grabs a porno ma- uh, magazine and tries to stuff it down Ripley's throat, and, like, how clear on the nose can that be of like the message the film is trying to <laughs> yeah. trying to show like you have this android is two times stronger than any average human that could easily just strangle her and kill her yeah. but he grabs a magazine, a magazine and just stuffs it down just her. stuffs it down her throat yeah, yeah. Like, that's such a clear sign that's like, another thing i watched the movie i'm like that was kind of for an android that's pretty dumb <laughs> yeah i'm like why don't you just like strangle her with your hands like you're already just doing that so it's kind of like this this uh the company's agenda just like of kind of feeding people pornography just try to shove it down their throat yeah i mean that's a way you can look at it is like we we the way we look at porn and sexuality it's it's really down our throats in a sense yeah i don't know if that's the scene i don't know if that's what the scene is trying to represent but i guess i could definitely see people understanding that that scene in, in that way i mean the act itself is sexual and you have this ash is a he's an android he's what's the word he's like he's an asexual being and like he attacks her sexually and ash's speech i think to me ash's speech uh whenever they hook him back up after beating this crap out of him he's also british like oi i don't (laughs) like you ripley you don't even sound (laughs) british it's a terrible (laughs) british accent That's exactly how Ash sounds. <laughs> it's not how he sounds. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but no. <laughs> you said the way he speaks, like his voice. No, no, his speech. No, his speech. Mm-hmm. Not not the way he talks. His, his speech that he gives about the organism. Mm-hmm. He's like the perfect organism. That's one of the best The one that's too. like devoid of the delusions of morality. And it's not conscious in the way that humans are conscious. Yeah. And it just does what it does. It's like the perfect killing machine by it's, like it's, bio biology well, it's, it's a bio weapon so if you find it in the prequel it's like basically a bio weapon yeah right? it's basically a bio weapon it's but like the, the perfect thing the thing isn't i don't want to say it's not evil in intent but it's it's designed to do what it's designed to do you know with humans we kind that's, of that's we, why he says that yeah. it's not blinded by the 
delusions of morality because you can't really say that it's evil. Humans that, will step back. Hey, is this right? Is this wrong? Should I do this? Yeah. Should I do that? But this alien creature is, it, it knows what it needs to do. It, whether that be right or wrong, it has no, it has no moral code. It, yeah, it's not going to be like, you know what? I want to go to Mexico, <laughs> put on some clothes, and I need a vacation, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, he's just going to keep doing what he's doing, camouflaging in whatever he's going to do and killing these people. It's like, and just reproduce. So <laughs> yeah, that's, in that's a way. What it does. But yeah, and what's so great with the, with the ending of this film is Ripley is merely a survivor of the of the sexual violence of of this creature. I wouldn't say that she's not a hero surviving this, but she merely just survives this encounter, which is unfortunate with a lot of rape victims today that they that they're not necessarily you know heroes I, that's not the best word to say but they're not they're just merely survivors yeah they're not victors they're just survivors. Victor, yeah they're, yeah, they're, they're not, not they haven't won anything the, yeah even though they come out of this event a lot of times they, they just they get away and like the the rapist just goes on doing what what pleases its fantasies wouldn't you say like sometimes that it's not necessarily like rapists it's like toxic masculinity as well yeah i think that goes hand in hand with this film i think it's a, it's an idea i think as I said, I think this film is an allegory on um, an allegory on the oppression of the oppressiveness of the patriarchal society. This is just a this is a film that's showing toxic masculinity and the the rape. but even overshadows like the man himself. Like the yeah. first victim is a man, and I wouldn't. And obviously, the the male characters in this movie they're not they're not bad care they're not evil they're not just thinking about they care about each other you can tell they they defend each other they look out for each other but there are hints of you know a patriarchal structure within this film uh, that all the males have these almost leadership roles or when when a female like ripley gets into a leadership role she she's not really taken seriously like okay she's fuck her like you know fuck off yeah she yeah they don't listen to her until she's to like, like have, this, to, have to there's a scene dead. in the pretty early in the yeah. movie where Ripley is talking the the Bert and Parker like, hey, you need to get this shit fixed. And they're just like, oh, I don't give a fuck. And they're just kind of like, they don't take her seriously. And she just kind of like storms off in frustration. And then she's like, well, we got to kill this thing. We can't just capture it now. Yeah, yeah. And Ash is like, no, 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 no. Let's let's try to fucking capture this thing. And she's like, no, let's fucking kill this fucking thing. And she's the only one given sense. Even Dallas is like, Ripley, I don't give a fuck. And, you know, she's like, you know, this is, this thing just killed one of our fucking crew members. That's the best thing to do is just get this thing off the, off the ship. We need to kill it. But no one ever takes her seriously. Yeah, and, like, the AI thinks that it, they don't... The AI, the AI is where, where like, kind of all the advice come from, as well as Ash, mm-hmm. is that its priority is the mission. Yeah. And... If human life is to be put at risk, mm-hmm. the company has programmed that AI to say, "Screw those people." There's only seven people. On yeah, there. they're just they're just they're expendable. They're just people. Like like the the whole mission of itself, like seven people for four million tons of whatever. Well, well there's a great. I know we're not like, talking about what? Alien Two, but there's a great scene in the beginning of Alien Two where Ripley's being interviewed by the 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 head honchos of the corporation, and she's explaining the story, and they're basically like. Well, you did destroy a multi-billion-dollar ship. Like they don't care about the human lives that were lost. They no, I, I just watched that scene. And she's like, "Well, and the ship, kind of like as a 
secondary thing, not as yeah. a primary. Because she thought that losing the lives of the people was primary, not losing the ship. Well, yeah, yeah, and I know, and, like, one of the haunches is like, well, the ship blew up, you blew up a multi-billion dollar ship, and she was like, my my crew fucking died. There was a yeah. thing that attacked our crew, and it's obvious, and that's the thing, like, this corporation cares more about profit than it does for its, than its employees and human lives. I guess sometimes we do see it here. We lives. definitely see it here. <laughs> you know, like, there, there are so many, like, if Walmart could kill five of its employees to please a shock holders, they would definitely do it, without a doubt. If they could do a sacrifice, they would definitely do it. Is it some pagan sacrifice? Yeah, Walmart. <laughs> Walmart parking lot? <laughs> In the bathroom? <laughs> a stinky little bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, of, what did you think of this? Is this a film that you're going to rewatch over in the, in the future, even though you've seen it and kind of talked about it? Yeah, a- even though we talk about it now, I feel like there's a lot of themes that, and a lot of ideas that I still haven't touched on. Yeah, there's, there's a lot that I haven't even thought of. Sometimes, like, I think of it later. Like, oh, I should have said that. Or, oh, I should have thought of that. It was crazy. Before me and David set this set this up, I was I was going to Florida for a vacation. I watched this movie just on, like, my plane ride. And I remember how much I loved it when I got back to Florida. I actually watched it again because I was like, man, this movie's amazing. Like, I just watched it over. This is a movie to this day I I will constantly rewatch in the future to come. And I will tell more and more people you need to watch it, if, especially for this Halloween month or any Halloween month. Need a need to watch it. David's having this diarrhea here. No, it's not diarrhea. It's just, <laughs> I keep burping. I don't know why. I hate it. <clears throat> the famous allegory of oppressive patriarchal system. What does that mean? Is that masculine ba- crybaby? Crybaby? Is that what you're calling me? <laughs> what a weak word. You're weak. <laughs> you're weak. Boy, you're British. <laughs> oh, my legs asleep, man. Alright, so. <laughs> That was Alien so far. Yeah, this is our very first episode. Uh, I, I hope you guys like it. Hopefully, I mean, we'll get better at this maybe eventually. Um, I, maybe we'll still we, be amateurs. This is like, actually the second recording we did of this. Yeah, and um, I think it's a lot better. I think, I think yeah, it's really good. I had yeah. fun. I mean, I had fun the first time too. Yeah, I had fun I think, the first time. And again, we're still gonna be amateurs. Like we're just guys <laughs> just bullshitting around. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Don't take anything we say as like intelligent or smart because we're really not. I mean, like, if you want to have a conversation, just like message us. So, like maybe we'll have more time to think about what we're saying. Sometimes that's why our podcast is called Dippy Dippers because yeah. Dippy means dumb, foolish type, and then Dippers is just a pan, I guess, or like the Big Dippers. Yeah, that's what I thought stars. of when you said. Yeah, I think because you know, I was thinking of both, like the stars as well as like the dipping pan. Like as we're yeah. dipping. Into oh, yeah. into movies and, and yeah. shows and games and oh, books. Wow. I, I don't like puns. So smart. I hate puns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was us. That this was me, Jordan. I hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, follow me at uh at Doctor Hegler, uh, Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat, all other stuff. Hopefully, we're gonna have a an account for this podcast. And uh, Jordan, you you're a co-host, right, of another podcast? Yeah, I'm a co-host of. Uh, we haven't done an episode in a while, but uh, I'm a co-host of another podcast that's kind of more political. Uh, uh, it's called Millennial Minds. So if you want to watch <laughs> the episodes, out. we're that on Shout Spotify. She's cool. Huh? Sarah. Oh yeah, like she's the. Huh? What? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Alien. Well, it's been good. I'm Jordan. Baby. See you for Aliens, too. Yeah, we'll be talking about that soon.